everyone. I'm Dina. And I'm Charlotte. Welcome to the Grim Curriculum Extra Credit. How the hell are you today? I am not too shabby at all. I honestly, I have been looking forward to this episode. <laughs> it, I don't, there's something about this show. I like Jen, because this show is all about nonsense and I too am all about nonsense. It's just an opportunity to chat about some cool stories that might interest you guys. So yeah. Right? It's a good time. And uh, Charlotte was just saying off mic here that she's got some gooders for me. I feel like (laughs) I've got some good ones too. So uh, let's get into this. Yeah. So the first one I want to start with, and some of you out there may have seen it because I first kind of saw it on Twitter, I think. Um, But archaeologists in England have uncovered some enormous prehistoric stone hand axes from about 300,000 years ago. Oh my god. And when I say enormous, like they're quite large in the sense that the hand axe itself that they found is sort of the head of the axe, not the handle of the axe. But they're so big, it requires two hands to pick one up. A lot of people out there that were seeing this story were like, holy shit, this is proof that people were giants back then and that we were so much bigger. And they're like, no, 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 no. Like, let's not get quite ahead of ourselves. But I yeah. like how that's the first place that we go. And I appreciate that so much. <laughs> Senior archaeologist Letty Ingray of University College London's Institute of Archaeology said that, yeah, they are from probably an Ice Age era from about 300 to 330,000 years ago. So they would have been made by sort of early Neanderthal people, not so much human beings as we know them today, but more as what we think of as like cavemen kind of thing. I love it. Um, Or uh, what she calls another archaic human species, but yeah, more or less caveman. So she said it's difficult to know for certain who made the hand axes because there wasn't really any fossil evidence from the dig site, such as like skeletons and things like that. Mm -hmm. So they can't be sure exactly what kind of human or pre-human was making the tools, but they're so large that they they can't really figure out what they were even used for because your average human, it would be too big to be like handy. Yeah, like effective, like something you could like quickly wield. But that just makes me wonder like how big was the stuff they were fighting? Well, that's exactly where my mind went to. I was like, well, if you're fighting massive woolly mammoths, perhaps a bigger weapon is the choice to have. Maybe they just didn't figure out fighting yet. And they're like, you know what? We're really, really bad at this. We're just going to keep making the weapons bigger. And then it didn't work. Yeah, I mean, the caveman with the biggest rock presumably is the one that is in control of the situation, I guess. (laughs) Um, She said it could also be for more of a symbolic or like ritual function. So maybe like a demonstration of a clan's strength and skill. Oh, that makes Um, sense. Yeah, but anyway, I don't think there were giants back then, but these humongous hand axes just showed up in the middle of England, in Kent, which is down south, I guess, but... That is amazing. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm curious to see if they're going to do any more like studies on them or anything like that to try to figure out a little bit more information because I want to know more. 
Well, apparently it's fairly common. So, and how this uh, archaeological dig even came to be is that they were looking to construct a new school in the area, but because historically speaking, there's uh, a lot of archaeological value in the UK, they have to send in a team of team of archaeologists to excavate it first to make sure that you're not just going to pour concrete on some like precious archaeological artifacts kind of thing. I'm and glad they do that. Yeah, and that's when they found they found over like 800 different pieces, but the two giant hand axes were the sort of crown jewels of this excavation. I love that. I love that we can take stuff from that far back and we can find things like that that just make us question everything. I think it's super cool that we are still discovering stuff, even though it seems like the whole world has been discovered, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. We don't know shit. Mm -mm. And speaking of stuff that we don't know a whole lot about, we have our friends at Ocean Gate here. Oh, they're coming back around. (laughs) With a brand new expedition. I don't know if you've heard about this, but... I had not. Oh my goodness. Okay, so Ocean Gate uh, Stockton Rush was uh, the CEO. Right. There is also the founder of Ocean Gate who is still alive. Okay. Just to kind of clear that up. Gotcha. Um, His name is Guillermo Sonline. I hope I'm saying that right. But anyways, he has decided that they want to send 1,000 people to colonize Venus. Wow, that is pretty audacious given everything that's happened in the last month or so. My goodness. Yep, and uh, this is from an article published by popularmechanics.com. They say that NASA has called Venus a quote-unquote runaway global hothouse. Okay. Basically, there's no way to do this whatsoever, is what they're saying. So the the founder here is saying, you know what, that's right. So we're going to try to make people uh, live in the atmosphere of Venus, which is also incredibly dangerous. On some kind of space station sort of situation? Is that what they're thinking? Well, they haven't figured that out yet. Okay, so this is we're talking early days of this oh, yeah, entire oh, yeah. thing. He has just decided this. He's, you know, this is what he's going to do next. Uh we have sent some spacecraft around Venus. Right. Uh but it it's I mean between the air pressure and the heat and all of that like it's not a a friendly place. And it's also full of like active volcanoes. Oh my goodness. And also, I've thought kind of Mars was the target currently. I didn't realize that we were striving for other planets in the solar system at this point. And I know like we've sent out different craft, you know, to go take a look at things, even as far as Pluto and things like that, which is mind blowing. But as for sort of colonization, I thought Mars was kind of where we were at. Well, I guess that's if you're like a scientist or something, because this guy is a self-proclaimed non-engineer and non-scientist. Oh, my God. Just to clear that up with you. Apparently, he thinks that the gravity of the planet is similar to Earth. And because of that, we could live there. And uh, basically, if if we're going to be living on different planets, we need to keep our options open so that we need to explore all of the planets and see which ones we want to settle on. Oh my goodness. Can't we just look after the one we have for fuck's sake? 
Right? I understand wanting to get out of here. It's not looking good. But when you're looking at either, hey, let's maybe try to fix Earth or, hey, let's try to settle in the uh, sulfuric acid atmosphere of Venus. (laughs) And I am also non-engineer, non-scientist, but unless something absolutely fantastic happens in the sense of jumping forward in our technology I do not foresee this in either my lifetime or like four generations from now's lifetimes well I hope we don't see it because I just don't see the point no I don't either for fuck's sakes we colonized enough on this planet can we just like slow our roll on the colonization for fuck's sakes can we just like stop destroying things and just fix the things that we're destroying before we move on Thank you. Absolutely. Now, here's the thing. And you might be thinking this too, Charlotte, is all right, Ocean Gate, you don't have the best track record. Right. So I'm going to read a quote from the founder here, okay? Okay, here we go. Forget Ocean Gate, forget Titan, forget Stockton. Humanity could be on the verge of a big breakthrough and not take advantage of it because we as a species are going to get shut down and pushed back into the status quo. Oh my god, he sounds like a DC supervillain. What is this? Because these people are supervillains. And it's like, forget this, forget this. <laughs> yeah, you'd love for us to forget this, <laughs> wouldn't you, you fool? And it's not just that. He's saying, like, forget my company, forget this this craft, and also forget my partner in this. Like, he's just like, you know, fuck these guys. We're going to plan B. I didn't like him that much anyway. Like, oh my god, the audacity. I can't. I I personally believe that you cannot become a billionaire and be a good human being. No, I like, completely agree. I completely agree. There's just no way. So like to me, these people really are villains. Because I also think if you have that much money and you're putting it into this... Yeah. Like, what the fuck are you doing? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I don't know. To me, it's crazy. I, they, I'm going to point out for the record, if you guys aren't on the same page as me here, this isn't going to happen. I do not foresee it happening. Not anytime soon. Not in my lifetime. Right. So, I mean, he's planning, he's plotting. And you know what? As long as no one else gets hurt, let him. Unless he wants to send himself off to Venus, because I'll bet you anything he's not going to be part of those 1000 people. No, how old is this gentleman, may I ask? Uh, let's find out. How much longer do you have in your life, sir? That'd be a hell of a way to go, though. I mean... He is 57 years old. Okay, so I, yeah, I don't foresee him seeing this dream come true. And I don't wish to poop on anybody's party, but yeah, billionaires... Let's uh let's pay attention to our own planet and our own problems before we start doing shit like this, please. And thank you. Right. Or if anything, like make a movie about it. You don't sure. Need to do yeah, fund a movie. Have fucking Ben Affleck play your character. Like <laughs> Or play yourself. Like and then you can still have the adventure. There's better ways to flaunt your ego, I suppose. Well, either way, I'd say I wish them luck. I really don't, but moving on. On the opposite end of the financial spectrum, kind of here. This one, unfortunately, is a sad case. On Sunday, July 9th, a hiker discovered three bodies while in the wilderness. 
they, of course, called the authorities. And when the authorities came, they were able to identify the three as Colorado Springs residents, Christine Vance, 41 years old, Rebecca Vance, 42, and their 14-year-old son, who's not been named because he's underage. They think that they had been trying to live off-grid. Oh, my God. Yeah. So that's brutal. Yeah. So there were indicators at their campsite to suggest that they had been living there for quite some time. There was a bunch of their personal belongings. They had tarps and they had kind of built like a lean to from local logs over a fire pit. So for all intents and purposes, they had set up their little off grid camp. And when they were identified, they had to be identified by their dental records and fingerprints because they had been almost mummified by the time they were found. Damn. They were not equipped with the knowledge or the equipment to survive the Colorado winter. And they probably passed away at some point during the winter. Oh, you know what? I understand wanting to run away into the woods and never come back. Same. Absolutely. But don't bring a 14-year-old kid into it. No, and the reason why is kind of super sad. I guess Rebecca Vance had been very much like staying off social media. She wasn't one to kind of trust others easily. She was a very private person. And then during the COVID pandemic, when obviously everyone was forced to isolate and she was doing homeschooling with her son, even when classrooms reopened, she still continued to homeschool him because she was very scared about him going back to school after COVID. It just kind of spiraled out of control where she started to kind of draw away from the public. But she was able to convince her sister, they think, to go with her and live off grid because she was becoming so paranoid about society which is really sad unfortunately the son came with them as well it's really sad that we're seeing a lot of that a lot of paranoia from people and I mean I I understand where it comes from I I talk about this a lot we're not exactly in a great state society wise Mm -hmm. but we're seeing more and more people develop this just detachment from others and just not wanting to be around anything to do with like the government or banks or whatever and it's it's really starting to get bad like if you pay attention to it like crimes like this and issues of parents taking kids away because of stuff like this it's getting a little concerning but I mean we were coming out of like a few years of just absolute chaos too And their family members, they said that, yeah, she'd mentioned about, you know, running away and going off grid like we all do. But when they did actually decide to do it, they were very vague to their family members, didn't tell them that they were going to do this. And they basically kept all the key details about what they were doing hidden. And so when they were found, their family members were quite shocked because they didn't really realize that anything had happened. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So guys, if you don't know what you're doing, you can just stroll off into the wilderness. It doesn't work like that. Nature's dangerous. I mean, if you want to isolate from social media and the internet, then fuck all the power to you because it's not easy to do that these days. The internet is basically a a basic commodity at this point. Mm -hmm. But don't be doing dangerous thing and don't drag other people into it either. 
Yeah, again, especially not kids. If you want to go off and do your thing, do your thing. On a much, much lighter note, <laughs> I have talked about this, I think, on the show. I have a horrible, horrible fear of bears. Yes, you definitely have. Yeah, perfect. Uh, bears are scary. Bears, you know, I'm sure they're cute to some people. I don't trust them. I don't like them. But <laughs> today, we're going to defend a bear. Oh, shit. How the tables have turned. They have. Okay. We're going to defend Angela. Okay. And now I want you to click the link I just sent you, Charlotte. Okay. Opening as we speak. Where is it? Oh, leave Angela alone. <laughs> so here's what's going on. Angela is a bear in a Chinese zoo who has recently gone viral because people don't believe that she's a real bear. Uh, I need you to scroll down to the... Um... Oh, yeah, I see it. Okay. <laughs> Angela is a sun bear from a Chinese zoo who's gone viral because people don't believe that she is a real bear. They think that she is a human in a bear suit. <laughs> I mean, okay, so uh, the first image I saw of beautiful Angela, adorable, goofy, I'm in love. The Twitter video that I'm currently looking at, it's giving me fursuit kind of vibes. Um, but also for anybody here that has visited Jasper, Al Jasper, Alberta in the mountains, if you've seen Jasper the bear... That's the vibe I'm also getting. Right? But also, like, I, I keep watching this video on loop. There's a bear at the bottom who's just, like, super normal looking. And then there's Angela just in all of her glory. But, like, what gets me is she looks like a bear from, like, the hip up, I guess. But she has little human legs. Her feet look like a suit. Like, I don't know. I'm looking at her. And she's cute. She's cute. I love her. She's Something ain't right about her, but... It's, okay, it's the butt wrinkles. It makes her look like she's wearing a pair of baggy sweatpants. Yes! <laughs> and she's standing and looking back at the crowd with, <laughs> in such a human way. It's so funny. I, amazing. 10 out of 10. Go, Angela. Oh, she's beautiful. Gorgeous. You know what, though? I uh, We're not even going to talk about how sad and terrible that enclosure looks and how sad Angela's life must be. And uh, now we're making fun of her, too. But Oh, man. It's quite something. It really I, is. You know, I just hope that she's happy. I hope so, too. It does crack me up that the zoo literally had to be like, look, we promise you this is a real bear. They actually went and they pointed out the fact that it is way too hot for someone to be in a bear suit for that long. Oh, so yeah. It's a real bear, you guys. Holy cow. You got to go check it out. It's freaking I funny. I do want to say that the zoo did release a statement written from Angela's point of view. Oh my god, yes. And I would like to read this to you. Oh, please. Please do. Some people think I look too human when I stand up. It seems you really don't understand me. Previously, some visitors even thought I was too petite to be a bear. I want to emphasize again. I am a Malayan sun bear, not a black bear, not a dog, a Malayan sun bear. She put you in your place. <laughs> I, I like how the zoo issued a statement on on her behalf. I adore this. I really do. Either way, I hope she's happy. 
Same. That's all I ask for. Long live Angela. (laughs) I'm going to segue here to a slightly more ghostly story. This one has quite the supernatural element to it. A British singer named Brocard. She's a performance artist and she's like on Spotify. She makes music. She married the ghost of a Victorian soldier on Halloween 2022. You gotta do what you gotta do nowadays. She had a (laughs) full-on ceremony. It's on YouTube. If you want to check it out, it's all there on Brookhard's (laughs) channel. She claimed that he burst into her bedroom uninvited one dark stormy night. So that's very cinematic. And that she was having trouble sleeping that evening because she'd had an argument with a friend. She described the night as quote-unquote upsetting, and she noted that the the rain was lashing at the windows. So it's all very romantic. (laughs) Then out of nowhere, she said that she felt an intense burning in her heart, which slowly spread outward throughout her entire body, and that she was compelled upright in her bed. And she tried to turn on the, the bedside lamp, but something forced her hand away. And then she tried again and she was able to turn it on. And that was their first initial encounter. But there were several encounters after. And each time the Victorian ghost named Eduardo, he slowly revealed himself more and more to her. <laughs> Ooh. She says... I saw his images as a Victorian soldier. He was always in his uniform, even on our wedding day. His face is devilishly handsome, shoulder-length unruly hair. He looks lived in, well-worn, troubled almost. There's a pain attached to his being. His voice is commanding and forceful, and yet he whispers to seduce. Like I said, the whole wedding is on YouTube. If you ever find yourself bored, I suggest you check it out. It's quite something else. She's literally standing there looking gorgeous in her dress um, and kind of holding her hand out like she's holding her ghostly fiance's hand. But you can't see him, obviously. I have uh, pulled the, the video up here, you guys. She looks beautiful. I mean, she's standing there in a very lovely black wedding dress and veil. Very goth. Like, I have to say, I quite enjoy her style. She has a vibe for sure. Um, She was also 40 years old when this wedding took place. I really, really like how the guy that's officiating the wedding is making eye contact with both her and the person that's not standing there. (laughs) Like, he's he's in it. He's like, all right, you want to get married to a spirit? We can facilitate that. Right? He's like, I'm getting paid. I'm happy. It is what it is. I, You know what? I wish them well. Um, <laughs> this, yeah. I mean, the story. Okay, so the story takes quite the turn. So you're thinking now, like, oh, this is very goth, very romantic, very supernatural, very ghostly. We love the vibes, etc. However. Oh, no. After getting married, the spirit of Eduardo began getting very possessive. And apparently, according to Brocard, he would bounce back and forth from being quite threatening and menacing and then being like very warm and very nice. And she was like, hey, well, this is bullshit. I am tired of this behavior. And the marriage continued to fall apart because 
Eduardo became obsessed with Marilyn Monroe herself. Oh, man. Apparently, he saw her on the same day as the wedding to Brocard, which is very saucy and scandalous. And it was shortly after this that Eduardo became unfaithful with Marilyn. How are you going to compete with Marilyn Monroe? I mean, it's like, really. Apparently, the reason that Brocard knew that he was cheating on her is that he would disappear for long periods of time, like days at a time. And then he would return smelling like Chanel Number no. 5, which <gasps> is, of course, Marilyn's signature scent. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Right? Oh, man. It's not enough that he feels the need to marry a very much alive human woman, but he has to cheat on her with another ghostly woman. I What a dog. <laughs> what a roller coaster, because I thought that like the moral of the story here was going to be, you know what? She couldn't find a good man in life, so she found one in death while alive. And no. No, not even in death. No. So apparently he also got shit-faced uh when they were on their honeymoon in wales and that frustrated her she wasn't cool with that and went on to say eduardo obviously doesn't have a bank card it's always me that has to pick up the tab everywhere we visit (laughs) bricard said he certainly likes to go wild in our hotel room mini bars So not only is he a cheating dog, he's also an alcoholic. Can you imagine? (laughs) You're like, you know what? I've given up. I've given up. There's no good man out there. I am marrying a fucking ghost. And And then then you marry this one. Yeah. Oh, my God. So she decided after all this nonsense, this wasn't all it was cracked up to be. And she decided, fuck this, I would like a divorce. And if you are wondering how one gets a ghostly spouse divorce, I I do have some answers. So Brocard visited a psychic and she wanted to discuss how to best assert her boundaries with Eduardo. However, after trying to assert said boundaries, it didn't work. Uh, I guess Eduardo just couldn't be tamed. (laughs) And this actually upset Eduardo as well. And shortly after, quote, he grew increasingly more aggressive and nasty and began to haunt me with the sound of a screaming baby. Oh, so that's fun. So that didn't work. Then Brocard came up with the idea to visit the chapel where they got married and perform a full-on exorcism, which did happen. And she claims that the exorcism was very successful. There's probably those of you out there that have gone through divorces and probably think that an exorcism may have been (laughs) the better way to go. You know what, though? Like, can you imagine having an ex that, like, can't leave? Oh, God. Awful. (laughs) And he can just show up whenever and just, like, scream like a baby and then just, like, leave while you're just like, what the fuck was that? Yeah, just harassing you. Yeah. Um, She said after the exorcism that he was finally purged from her system and that she felt light and free and excited to be released of his troubled spirit. She said, from now on, her life feels joyful and more light. Now, can you imagine... Her being on her first date as a single woman and the guy's like, so uh, why did your last relationship end? (laughs) (laughs) 
oh man, do I start at the beginning of the story? Do I just tell him that he ghosted me? Like, what do you say? <laughs> he died. <laughs> but he died before I was even born. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to specify when he died. That's true. And of course, Brooke Hart being a performer and a singer, she was inspired to write a new song called Just Another Anthem. It's on Spotify. I listened to it. It's not my cup of tea, but someone out there obviously likes it. <laughs> I'm sure it's not her ex. <laughs> Probably not. It's kind of um it's kind of a bop if you're getting out of a shitty relationship, but uh it's just yeah, not my usual go-to of genre for sure, but wow. You know what? I wish her uh I wish her luck. Yeah, I wish her all the best. I hope yeah. she's, as she says, happy and joyful and just living a life full of light. And uh, yeah, so I guess uh, don't let your dreams be dreams. If you want to marry a ghost spouse, you go for it. But just know that it could come with consequences. I say just don't marry a ghost, you guys. That's a bad idea. I don't really know what the legality was surrounding that. Obviously, it couldn't have been an actually valid marriage, but what do I know? At the end of the day, there's people who marry roller coasters. That's true. And cars and and libraries and train stations. So power to you, I suppose. I guess. Yeah, you know what? Good luck. (laughs) And speaking of luck, we're going to end off this episode with a tale of bad, bad, bad luck. Oh dear. Okay, here we go with the unusual death segment. All right, here we go. Uh, This one is uh, quite an event because it's not about one single person. Oh, we're going big today, are we? In fact, it starts with a poodle. Oh, okay. On October 21st, 1988, a little poodle named Kashi in Buenos Aires fell 13 floors out of (gasps) a building. Oh my god. Yep, he did not hit the ground. He hit Marta Espina, who is 75 years old, killing her instantly. Oh my god. When I tell you if you could see my face right now. Oh, but that's not all, Charlotte. Oh, Lord. This is, is it just like a domino effect of things 46 that happen? 46 year old Edith Sola saw oh, what happened and she came running to help and she got hit by a bus. Oh, my God. This is carnage. And then a man who was unfortunately never identified saw all of this happen and had a heart attack and died. I I'm not surprised, honestly. what an unfortunate day for those people holy cow and it all started with a poodle called kashi falling 13 floors dare i ask did the poodle survive i'm assuming not oh no he died when he hit the lady i figured okay just (laughs) checking just checking but it would be funny if the poodle was the one that walked away unscathed after all this carnage i kind of wish he had but no (gasps) Oh, man, what a day. This was reported in the news, friends. It very much happened. And uh, I'd say out of all of the deaths we have covered so far, that one is the most wild. Literally a roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. I I did. I did in a weird way. Don't judge me. Stop judging. <laughs> <laughs> I did, but I didn't. Exactly. 
And with that, we will wrap it up today just by saying thank you so much for listening. Uh, I don't think there's anything else we need to discuss before we end today. Check out our social media, buy our merch, sign up for the Patreon, and uh, listen to another episode after this, because it's good for your health. Yeah, it's all down in the link tree below. All our links are attached in there, so go check it out. Thank you again for listening. This has been The Grim Curriculum. Extra Extra credit. credit.